Welcome to Kingdom Light Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Hey, I am so excited to be sharing word with you today. What a privilege and honor to be part of this beautiful, beautiful Sunday. I hope that you're having a great day. Wherever you're watching from today, please take time, grab your Bible, grab a notebook, be part and active of this moment. Be intentional with what I'm about to share with you. Not because of Sean, but because we're talking about the Word of God. What an amazing thing we have to our, um, we have access to every single day is the Word of God. You know, so many nations, people struggle to find the Word. They, they live on, a, on one piece of paper. We have it all. And sometimes we just read through it like it's a storybook. When these are the words that inspired by the Spirit to men of old who wrote it down and it was given to us. What an amazing thing. So I want to encourage you, grab your Bible, grab a pen, be part of this day. If you've got a coffee, that's always good. Okay, so what am I going to be talking about today? I want to talk about the body of Christ. I want to talk about what it is to be part of what God's called you to. You're not just uh, by happenstance become a Christian. You are actually born into a kingdom. The Bible talks about you've been taken out of darkness and put into a kingdom of light. John chapter 3, beautiful chapter we all know. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Being, speaking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, my friend, you need to be born again. Something about that is very profound, and we, we sometimes take that for granted. Like we, we forget about that. We, be, we become uh, complacent about the fact that we are children of God. You've been born again. You are part of the family of Christ. And Jesus prays for you in John 17 when he says, Father, let them be one with us as much as you are in me and I am in you. We are in them. Wow. How profound is that prayer for me and you to be one with God as much as Jesus was one with him? How did that happen? Not by your or my choice, but because we were born from the Spirit into our lives, into, out of our lives, into this life we're living. Though we're living on earth, we're part of a kingdom. 2 Corinthians 5, Paul then writes and says, You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've become brand new. Yay, it niet geworden. You become brand new being. That's as different as a butterfly is to a caterpillar. Come on, man, that is a major difference. One is, a, is this little wormy little thing. The other one is beauty. One is blind, one can see. Doesn't that sound like the gospel? I was blind, but now I can see. In the beauty of His holiness. Based on what? Just belief that I became part of the body of Christ part of this journey, part of a kingdom, born into it, born into royalty. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what surname you have. What I care about is this one thing, is that you are now part of the body of Christ. You are now part of the family. And your identity is found in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, Father, our Father we chart in heaven. Oh, wow, man, I, it's my Father. God is my father. I'm part of a new family. Colossians talks that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that live. What is that? The very DNA of who I am is of incorruptible seed. Now, I've been throwing out a lot of scriptures to you. and You go like, wow, Sean, calm down. I can't write all these, these down. Don't worry. I'm laying the foundation today to talk about the fact that we're part of a body. We're not part of the Lone Ranger and Tanto, you know, 
that old cowboy stuff. We ain't, we're not part of that. I'm not part of the Lone Ranger. I'm not the Lone Ranger. And you know, Tonto, we're off on our own little mission. No, we're part of a body that God has called us into with a purpose. There's a purpose for you being called to the church you're in, to the body of Christ, your function that God called you to be part of, born into that. Not just by your choice, but by your belief. See, the moment you gave your life to God, what did you do? Very easy. They said, do you believe? And what did you do? You didn't go to a class. You didn't have to do an exam. You didn't have to get, uh, do anything bad uh, or good. Or, or, or what I mean by bad mean you have to go through a gym class or, or sit for hours in lectures. No, what you did is you believed. You believed God. You believed the word that was spoken over your life. And you got changed. Your world got changed. That's why Paul says perfection comes the same way as salvation. That's heavy stuff right there, man. That's a whole sermon on its own. I'm telling you, so many times through religion and life, is, it's performance-based. How hard we can try to become this that God has called us to be. When a matter of fact, it's believing who we are already because of our birthright, because of the fact that we are in Christ, because of what He has done. He called us into a body. And in that body, there's different giftings, different things, different parts, just as much as a body is there. I have fingers, I have toes, I have legs. I have all these things that are part of my body. And I don't go to one of them and say, hey, I don't need you, leg. I need them. I need my hand to feed my mouth. I need my mouth to eat. I need my stomach. I need all my organs. I need my blood. I need my brain. I need my ear. I need my pinky. I need my little toe, I need my big toe, I need my feet. Come on, how much do we need? We need each other because we're called into a body where we are part of what God has called. And I think so many times it's just about listening to whoever is online or, and, and I'm going to touch on this, I'm going to get a little radical about this. Right now we're in a world where everybody's online and I'm being online today with you because of what's happening. But that is not the norm. That is not what God called us to be. He didn't call you to be alone at your house. He didn't call you to be just sitting in front of a screen and saying, this is now my church. That is not your church. The, the very word of church, the ecclesia, is the very context of coming together, being part of a body, being part of what God has called me into with a purpose and a destiny. For now, yes, this is what it is. But this is not what God meant when He put us together in a body. And so when I hear people say that this pastor from the United States or that pastor from Timbuktu or that guy from Antarctica, because I don't want to offend anybody. I'm listening to a penguin in Antarctica. Come on, man. Let's be real. That ain't a church. That's inspiration. It's word. And I add that to my life. But that's not my pastor. That's not, he doesn't know me. When I know my pastor, when I know my, the people around me, we build together, we walk together, we, we invest in each other's lives. We lay hands on each other, we bring songs to each other, we bring life to one another, called for a purpose and a destiny. That's the power of it. We're not complacent in what it is and we just see others pass by, we just throw a few bucks towards them, we watch online and we don't become part of what it means to be a body. Now, this is ironic because today I'm online. But this is not the end goal. 
This is just the moment. I know the heart of these pastors. I know the heart of us as pastors as a network and what we believe in is in the bigger vision of what that is. The core scripture of who we are as a church and a network is found in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read that to you quickly. I know you know the scripture and you know the word. You know the word. But let's just read it for now. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, and some to be evangelists, some pastors and teachers. He says, to equip what, what is our jobs as pastors and leaders and apostles? And it's to equip who? You. Come on, just tap yourself, tap the person next to you, bump them, give them a bump, say, hey, that's you. That's me and you, the saints. To equip for what? For ministry. It says, for the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. To edify the body. Now, you say, oh, Sean, I'm at home. I can listen to others edify. But didn't God call you to edify? He called you to minister. He called you to be part of. There's a function that we've got to find. Why did God make me his child? Is it just to go to heaven? Well, my brother, sister, then it's better that you go. Because here, we've got work to do. Here, we've come with a purpose. Jesus, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. I have come to tell you that the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. He comes with a purpose and a destiny. And that very same purpose and destiny is found when he says you will do the same works and greater. So each one of us are called to be part of a body that is actively working. Now, he says these guys, some of us, I'm a pastor, I'm an apostolic leader, all these different things within my life is to equip others to do the same thing and to be working in their area of influence, in their spheres of influence where they're at. You've got a sphere of influence around you, people that you're connected to, where God has called you to be the influencer in that. I'm spending time with some, some young guys that are you know, in our congregation, and, and especially one of them, as God's really anointed this young man to connect with others, and all he's doing is just ministering into his friends' lives and getting to make together and pulling. He's asked the question in his own life, why am I here? What is God doing? And I want to tell you, I don't care if you're 150 years old today and you've just learned how to switch on Facebook. You are called. Because God's still got a plan. He doesn't stop with the plan. If he took that much time in, in every single detail of how he brought his son into the earth, he says, you are just as much of worth to him. So the context is God's still got something to do in your life. You're part of a body. Now, it says, till we all come to the stature of the man Christ Jesus. So you've got to understand that there is a maturity that needs to happen. I want to take a little time quickly on this for the next, the next few minutes. Is got to understand, I've got to mature. I can't stay a kid. I've got to be playing in the dust, playing marbles, and, and, and I can't be a baby wearing a dipole all the time. Somewhere I've got to grow up. I've got to learn how to eat. I've got to learn how to do my stuff. And some of you, you've got to learn how to cook. Some of you got to learn how to cook, man. <laughs> I don't care what age you're at. You, it's time for you to learn. Learn to drive. Learn to be. You want to mature. But when it comes to Christianity... We want to be fed. So we listen, give us a sermon week after week after week. What did we do with what we've got? Do we take that, apply that to life, actively get into the Word, understand the Word? Why did God give me this Word? Why am I a Christian? Why am I here today? What is God doing in my life? 
Because if I understand that, again, maturity starts to happen because I understand the purpose. Romans chapter 12 says, we changed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, if you're making a note right now, write that down. Romans chapter 12. If you don't know that scripture, go to it. Go read it. Go read it. You've got to learn how to change your mindset. How do you do it? Through the Word, through Christ. I said, I am changed by the renewing of my mind. That's what happens. To know what is the acceptable and perfect will of God in my life. So, Sean, what's God's will? Well, find it in the Word. Get busy with what He's doing. Get into what He's saying to you. Learn the, get into that. Now, this is where I want to go. Luke chapter 10. It talks about maturity. It talks about growing up. It talks about the very fact of us being part of a body. But here is a story that we haven't touched on in a long time. I haven't preached about this in a while. And as I was preparing to speak about this today, this story came back into my heart. And I started wondering about the good Samaritan. Come on. We all know that story. I don't care if you're watching this for the first time, you've never been in church before. Somewhere along the line, if you're a South African, you were in school, somewhere you heard about the Good Samaritan. It's used in many illustrations because of the story that Jesus tells. So in Luke 10, verse 25, one of the Gospels, it says here in verse 25, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and uh, saying to him, Teacher, what shall uh, I do to inherit eternal life? So this teacher wants to express to you, what is eternal life? What is the bigger picture? What can I get to live forever? So, he, um, and he said, it is written in the law that you should, um, what you are reading, uh, what, what are you reading of it? So he's talking about the law. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, with the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Wow, now that's the law. Jesus, Jesus is clever, man. Jesus is good. He's witty. You're right there in the moment. Spirit of God speaking to him. He says, answer the man back based on the law. So the man says, what can I live forever? How can I be the best of the best? What is that that God wants? Because he doesn't really want to know that. He wants to just show that he's really good. He knows the law. And Jesus says, let's talk about the law. Love the Lord God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. What does he say then? And he said, um, you have answered rightly, and this, um, do this and you will live. Um, verse 30, And Jesus answered and said, A certain man had gone down to Jerusalem and Jericho and fell among the thieves and stripped of his clothes, wounded, and uh, um, parted, leaving him for dead. Now, you know the story, and I can read it, but for a lack of time, I'm just going to go read it. It's a beautiful story. This guy gets uh, taken through this whole thing. He's awful. Onto Jerusalem, he gets burgled. Come on, we know life in South Africa. Many of us have gone through some bad things. People we might have known. This man lays next to the road. The worst of worst circumstances. And what happens? People pass by. People of reputation. People who are supposed to have been the one that should have taken care of. Now I'm going to take, tell you the shortened version. Is that many of those people walk right past him and say, Ah, you know, I've, I've done this for somebody else. Uh, what possible? Ah, you know, at my church, there are people who do this. I can give you their number. What's your number? I can add you to Sean. Sean will help you. I'll, I'll, I'll let Sean call you. Don't worry. I'll tell Claudia about this. I'll, I'll tell Henny about this. I, come on, we, we know that thing. 
I'm being a little sensitive here, but I, but I hope it's getting to you. It's getting you thinking. In that very context, he says, no, no I, I know an organization that can help you. Uh, like, oh, I've helped too many people. Ah, I don't feel like it. You know, I'm having a bad day. God will forgive me for this. I just don't feel like helping this person right now. And many of those times, by the grace of God and the goodness of our Father, as God knows our heart, and we might have days where it is really tough. I know myself, we do a lot of things for people. And there are days when you drive past somebody and you see something where it's just that overwhelming and you feel like, I just can't help today. God knows your heart. But so many times we find that those who are part of the body of Christ are only allowing the feet and the fingers and the hands to work and they are not actively being part of what God called them to be. So the fullness of what God intended for the body of Christ to do is not happening because many are not fulfilling their roles or not finding their place and purpose in what God's called them to be. And that stirring of saying, I'm part of this. Do you really think the Samaritan that found him was maybe at a place where he was really feeling like, hey, today is a good day. I'm just going to help everybody. Or did he just make the choice? Did he just grab hold of that moment saying, I see this man in need. I raise my hand and say, I'll be the one who will be good today. That I raise my hand and say, I grab hold of the purpose. You want to find your purpose? There's a lot around you. There's a lot happening right now in the world from being an encourager, from being, um, uh, uh, being part of church, being part of the prayer group, being part of an intercessory. Being, come on, you can find me helping out with food drives, getting involved in all these different things. But that isn't what I'm trying to say today. I want to talk to you about purpose and I want to leave that in your heart. Being part of the body of Christ. He's called you. He's birthed you into it. You've got to ask the question, Lord, why am I in this church? Why am I in this town? Why am I in this street? Why did you call me to be part of this congregation? That when I am part of that, I can ask the question, Lord, show me. I want to be actively involved in the body. I don't want to just be at the, in the background. I don't want to be the finger that's not working. I want to be the one that's actively involved. Because when finding Him, and finding my purpose, I find Him. Years ago, a pastor friend told me this. He says, in making Him known, I get to know Him. I hope that stirs in your heart. In making Him known, I get to know Him. There's many times that I've seen something about my Father, about who God is, in the moments I've expressed His love to others. When prayed for someone, when I've given something, when I've been actively involved in what he's doing. And there's days where it's tiring and it's tough and there's all of that in between. But God's called you to be part of a body. As one of the leaders of a movement of God, I can really tell you that a lot of people are pushing in and saying, hey, we want to find our purpose. We want to find what God is doing in our life. But we haven't seen the fullness of that yet. And I believe we want to see our nation change. We want to see the world change. We want to see the greatest decade we've ever seen. We've got to start with a question that we ask ourselves. Why am I here? Why did God call me to be part? Because you called and birthed me into this family, this Christian family, this church, this congregation, where you are part of, so that you can ask the question, Lord, why am I here? What can I do? And I can be like that good Samaritan. Because that story is told through generation upon generation upon generation. When I listen to that, 
I said, I want to be that good Samaritan. I want to be the one who actively shows forth what God has done in my life and what he's going to do in other people's lives. I want to leave you with that today. And I want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to me. I've now hit you with a lot of scriptures. Go back and listen to me again. Be intentional about what you're getting every week from your pastor, from your leader, from the people. Ask the questions. Where can I get involved? How can I be part of what God's doing right now? How can I be actively involved in what I'm doing with my finances, with my life, with my time, with my intentionality? So in every context of that, I want to ask you today to be intentional about your time, your life, the prayer that you're about to pray, and to ask God, what do you want to do? I want to pray with you today. And I want to, you know, in, in this world right now, there's, there's a lot of things going on, a lot a lot of uncertainty about tomorrow, about the future, about this decade. But I want to tell you, the greatest thing you can do is keep your eyes on Jesus, fixed and focused in the very purpose that He wants you to live your life. I'll end with a story, and then I'm praying for you. Years ago, I did the Comrades Marathon a few times, and when I did the first one, an elderly gentleman in our congregation came to me and he said, Sean, I just want you to remember one thing. Many people will give you advice, but I wanted you to remember one thing. When you get to the place where you cannot go any further, just don't stop. Shuffle, but just don't stop. Today, I want to tell you, in the time we're living in, you might be at the end of yourself. You might be at a place where you just feel, I cannot do this. I want to tell you today, just don't stop. Trust Him to lead you through it shuffle because God is with you. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. So let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, I thank you that I can pray for everybody watching today. I pray that their hearts and lives will be touched by the word. I pray that they will experience something in a new way. And I pray that they will truly, Holy Spirit, I truly pray that they will find their purpose and destiny in this time right now. Awaken that in their spirit. Reveal it in their heart. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a beautiful Sunday. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.